Hello, everyone. This is Chris Calicut for the WrestlingInc.com podcast for the September 4th edition of Raw, the Labor Day edition. And Raj, as always, thanks for joining. But they seem like they actually put a little bit of laboring into writing this show today. Yeah, it didn't feel like a complete holiday episode. It, it felt like a regular episode. So I I was entertained. I thought the main event was great. And, uh, you know, that, that last spot with Strowman and Big Show was awesome. I mean, they do they do some really cool stuff with Strowman. So I thought that was uh, really effective. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that more as, as we go along. For sure, for sure. And we'll hang out, and hopefully Matt will join us shortly. But um, let's hop right into it with Raw. We kicked off with... <laughs> A match um, and you know that's that's a nice change of pace from a 15-minute promo uh, we got that kind of after the match but I digress uh, but John Cena Jason Jordan they advertised it a couple hours before the show you sort of figured how this one was going to work um, it went exactly how I thought it would Jordan looked like a million bucks Cena did a wonderful job in making Jordan Jordan look good and, and viable and Kind of was taken aback at the very beginning of that match. What did you think of the match overall, Drosh? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought Jordan looked good. Um, you know, I, I don't know if losing every week is helping him, even if he has good matches. You know, at mm -hmm. some point, I feel like you got to give him some wins. Um, and again, I just don't think this baby face thing is, is working for him right now. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, Cena, Cena, looked, Cena looked great. And obviously the big thing was the, the promo afterwards. But yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought, uh, thought the match was good. It was a good way to start off the show and not the typical promo. Yeah, the uh, roll-through double Northern Lights suplexes, uh, that was a thing of beauty from, from Jordan. And nice to see him break some new things out because we know he can suplex guys across the ring like nobody's business. But I think tonight is probably the night that he's gotten over the most um, because, A, he was paired with Cena, but, B, they let the wrestler be the wrestler. There was no corny promo before or after the match with Jordan. They just let him go out there and, and have free reign and look good. And I think that's going to be the way to get him over, just like American Alpha got over. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, we'll see. That, that only gets you so over. You know, in WWE yeah. land, that's, there, there's a definite ceiling with that. So, um, you know, we've seen it countless times with lots of guys where they have great matches, but unless you connect with the audience uh, – you're you're only going to go so far. Yeah, and I still think this little losing streak is is going to maybe culminate in a sense of entitlement, a little little bit of a heel turn of some semblance. I don't know how they're going to book that yet, but it, it feels like they're slow slow playing this turn or or something with his character. I don't think it's uh, as straightforward as they make it seem to be so far. But we'll see. I mean, how many times in the past have we said, well, maybe they're building to something, and yeah. it goes nowhere. So. Yep. Hopefully it is, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if it's not. We've seen it countless times where uh, there are numerous ways you can go, and they don't go any of those ways, and someone just gets lost in the shuffle. Yep, but a, a great opening match to get the crowd going a little bit, uh, and the crowd was pretty hot for most of the match. So, uh, And they were just hit and miss most of the night as far as the crowd goes. But uh, like you said, the bigger thing that came out of this was Roman Reigns comes out after the match. And I guess they just have a couple of beers while they're waiting on the commercial, uh, just hanging out in the ring. That's not awkward at all. Uh, but we came back from break, and they did part due of their promo from last week. Thought it was a little bit weaker overall, 
but I thought Reigns did a little better job of, of keeping up with the back and forth barbing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought, uh, and you can see when Reigns was, uh, when he was going off the cuff, when he was talking about his fly being open, you know, he had some, mm -hmm. he, he was doing pretty good thing on his feet. I thought he did better this week. Um, but Cena owned him again. And uh, oh, yeah. you know, he's just really good at that. I don't know how, uh, if they keep doing this, if that helps Reigns, you know. Yeah, that was gonna that was gonna be my next question. If they keep with this same theme of, of Cena basically winning the battle each week, what exactly does that do for Roman? That's not necessarily turning him babyface or right. to just give him more cheers. I mean, it makes him look dumb. It just validates what Cena's saying that he's the real star yeah. that can do the promos, and and, and Reigns can't. Uh, but you know, we got we got a few weeks to go, and. Oh, yeah. You remember with Rock and Cena, I, I think people wanted mm -hmm. to see Rock eviscerate Cena every time, but, you know, Cena got his in too. And so they're going to have to do that with Reigns. They're going to have to give him uh, some help a couple weeks where, you know, he comes out on top. I mean, he, he was the one that kind of, you know, Cena kind of backed away from fighting him at the end. So yep. um, they didn't give him that, but uh, he's, he's going to need a little bit more if, if you want to convince people that uh, what Cena is saying is not true, even though. People probably yep. already believe it anyway. And and the end of that promo where you know Reigns was talking about the fight right now, this is your moment. That's one of the rare times that he had the crowd in the palm of his hand for a little bit there. So you know that was good that he was able to build to that moment. Um, but yeah, overall, Cena gets the best of it here. And in another Bizarro World occurrence, Cena puts over the Miz of all people, um, which I thought was you know after the comments what two weeks ago now. I thought it was interesting. Um, did, did you look into that at all, or did you just sort of say, oh, yeah. that's just part of it? Or? Yeah, I, I didn't think any, too much of it. Um, you know, I think part of it is Cena name-dropping a heel that the IWC kind of likes right now. So, sure. you know, he uh, so he gets points with that. But he, he, I, I didn't, no, I, I definitely didn't read too much into that. Yeah. And, and oh, guys, and next people up, asking... Oh. Uh, Matt Morgan will be back next week. He's uh, he's out tonight. And uh, sorry, with the description, I totally forgot that he wasn't going to be able to be on tonight. Ah. <clears throat> no problem at all. Look forward to having him back next week. Yeah, uh, next Glenn, up. Glenn will be back yep, next Glenn week. Also. Yes, sir. All right. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Rhino and Heath Slater. I mean, nice little tag match. And... And I got a lot of rebuttal from our Twitter followers tonight saying that I wouldn't mind seeing a Cesaro versus Heath Slater singles match because Heath Slater to me has always been a very underrated worker. I mean, you, you, anytime you, you've seen him put in a higher profile match, I think he delivers. But again, that's me sort of fantasy booking. But this one was a little bit more of a time waster, but it advanced the feud a little bit with uh, Rollins and Ambro Am Ambrose who were on commentary. Nah, they, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, you know, running in yeah. place with this <laughs> with this stuff. Heath Slater, he's on Raw two weeks in a row. Yeah, and that's that's something. And uh, yeah, the, in, it's been a while since Heath Slater and Rhino have teamed on Raw, right? I can't even remember. It, the last it's time. been a little while, and they did not get any sort of entrance tonight, nor did any of the cruiserweights really, besides Enzo. But um, yeah. so you know, a few qualms with with some of that, but you're positioning these guys as just a, a filler tag team to, to get the heels over and, and continue the main feud. But I actually thought Ambrose and Rollins were 
fairly entertaining on commentary tonight. They were a yeah. little more of a breath of fresh air than maybe sometimes they usually are. They have a, they have such a good chemistry together, you know, in the ring and, and they feed off of each other really well on commentary as well. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they came across like the legitimately like each other. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought them on commentary was good. Uh, Seamus and Cesaro. Um, and I feel bad for Rhino and Heath Slater. That at least they were getting more TV time and, and mm-hmm. like not just a, a job or tag team on SmackDown. And uh, yeah. you know now they're relegated to nothing. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, Ambrose and Rollins were good. Uh, I don't know. I just think they're just booking them the same as they do uh, all the other tag team title feuds. And, and I'd like to see something a little bit more different, just because Rollins and Ambrose are such big stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it, it was a good way to progress it. We were still several weeks away from the pay-per-view. It got some different teams involved tonight, which I think is a step in the right direction instead of doing some like singles matches in between themselves. But um, you know, we'll see if they can switch it up again next week. Um, uh, you know, WWE putting their, their big foot forward on the Hurricane Harvey support. Philanthropy, I guess, is the, the next big marketing tool for WWE with the Hurricane Harvey relief and the Connors cure, you know, they, it did get a little dusty in my house a couple of times, but, uh, you know, good to see a, a bigger company like WWE putting that in a very public light. Uh, but again, is it a marketing ploy? Do you have, you know, any sort of inkling on, on, on why they do that? Or is it more just a marketing ploy you think? Oh, sure. I mean, it, it is, I mean, they'd be doing it anyway, but you know, obviously yeah. they're going to get their, uh, you know, it, it, it it's smart. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Backstage with Renee Young, who is with the Hardys. Um, they comment on Jeff's intercontinental title match later on that evening. You know, some woken phrases thrown in there. And this is definitely the best Jeff Hardy promo I've seen since he, since they've been back. It didn't look like he was reading off anything. He acted a little fired up. So I thought that was a nice way to get hyped for the match. Yeah, no, I thought Jeff did good. Matt, I, I just found I just find the uh, the broken references kind of outdated mm-hmm. and stale and, and yeah. kind of annoying at this point. It's like if they're not going to do anything really, with it. Yeah, it's just like you're just really clinging on to something that's not happening, and um, and that's what it looks like. It looks like it's not happening. I think if it yeah. was going to, they would have done something. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think Matt uh, Matt needs to let it go and move on. But Jeff, yeah, I thought Jeff looked good here. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that match here in a minute. Yeah, that led straight into the match um, after the break. Miz versus Jeff Hardy for the IC title. There was a couple of kerfluffles outside the ring that led to Axel, Dallas, and Matt being um, expunged from the ringside area. And that still left Maurice, who had not gotten involved at that time. I thought these two had a really nice back and forth match and it showed that Jeff still has some chops as a singles guy. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was, uh, I was surprised that they did such a clean finish because this seems like uh, something they could go for a while. I think, I think it's time to move Jeff into the singles, uh, you know, realm anyway. We've been talking about that for a while. Right. Uh, I, I just feel like the Hardys as a guy team has already kind of run its course. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Jeff as a singles, and so I was I was just surprised with that finish that it was it was 
pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, I mean just a minor distraction from Maurice, who right. you know, miraculously shook Miz awake to avoid the Swanton bomb, which again, not necessarily interference per se, more of a, you know an assist from Maurice. Um, so it wasn't really that dirty. It was just like, hey, babe, wake up. There's there's something about to kill you. Um, and, you know, Jeff misses the swanton. Miz gets the, or actually counters the twist of fate into the skull-crushing finale. And he retains pretty clean. And no new challenger lined up. I hope they do go with this for a little bit. Maybe they give Matt a shot since Jeff doesn't get the job done. And maybe we see another hardy-hardy feud in the future. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I really don't want to see a Hardy versus Hardy feud again. It, it really, uh, you have to have the right personalities. I feel like when you do it, like Cody Rhodes and Goldust, it mm -hmm. just went nowhere. Yeah. It's just like, just because they're brothers, uh, to put them in a feud, it doesn't always work. And I, th I just feel like with the Hardys, it was kind of like that last time where when they feuded mm -hmm. in WWE, it just, it was really forgettable. Yep. Um, next up, we had Nia Jax um, basically interrupting Kurt Angle, who's on his phone, and that seems to be a running gag. Do you think uh, Kurt has something else going on, or is he just pretty a, a busy guy in the GM role? I think that's yeah. I think that's it. I think uh, he, he's the new guy in the background of all the backstage segments that's always on his phone. But uh, right, yeah. <laughs> he's got to do something. So exactly. Um, Naya's wondering how Sasha gets a title shot before her, considering that she decimated the champ last week. In walks Emma, who I kind of this gimmick's growing on me. It's annoying, but she I guess in an entertaining way. Right. In an entertaining way, I mean that, that's exactly what she should be doing. Um, right. So she comes in, wants the shot, and Kurt teams Naya and Emma together and says, if they win versus Sasha and Alexa later on in the night that uh, they will be included in the title match that was announced at No Mercy as a singles match originally, but they would make it into a fatal four-way. Um, Nia still not exactly a promo genius. Emma not either, but um, again, Emma's shtick is, is finally getting over. I'm starting to, I guess, understand it a little more week by week. Yeah, this was one of those rare cases where complaining on Twitter has helped her out. She's getting TV time, and now, you know, she's in a, a title match at the next pay-per-view, so. Spoiler alert there, guys. Um, but <laughs> And we, we see the steel cage hanging high from the ring. Obviously, that was our main event. And, you know, one thing they kept doing all night long is they showed the ring collapse of Big Show and Braun Strowman from last time. So it's like they're buttering you up for something. We don't know what it is, and I think they did a nice job at the end of the night to just sort of seal that. But while they were showing all that, the cruiserweights got dark entrances besides Enzo Amore, uh, who had about a mm, five, six, seven-minute promo by himself. Cedric Metalik never said a word. And um, some of this stuff was bordering on racist, in a way. To I mean, I don't, I don't declare the whole queso picante that endearing or funny um but what, what did you think of amore's promo here i i just thought it was the standard stuff um yeah. I, I didn't you mean more xenophobic right not, not okay well sure, sure yeah. <laughs> uh i think yeah i mean they 
they do that kind of stuff all the time. I, you know, I did that didn't really bother me. But um, uh, yeah, people are a couple of people. Are, yes, I do have a cold. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I thought it was standard stuff. I guess Enzo probably wins tomorrow night on Two Hundred Five Live, oh, and uh, the next. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, he does add a spark to that division. You know, these Two Hundred Five Live segments I mean, all of a sudden aren't necessarily throwaway. You know. They, no, they and, and I think they've seen, and they've seen a little bit of a bump um, on YouTube. I don't know how much you really keep up with YouTube numbers or anything like that, but anything that he's in, and, and this was true with Enzo and Cass, even though they weren't really in important feuds, they would do really good YouTube numbers for whatever reason. Um, they're still over with the crowd, or Enzo still is, and, and they played off of this this whole thing and. I guess it gives a shot in the arm to the cruiserweight division, but I just don't know how you book Enzo to cheat five times unless he's going to get all the other guys to do the work for him, and he finally cheats to get that uh, final pinfall since it's an elimination cha- uh, elimination match tomorrow on Two Hundred Five Live. But he doesn't need to do all the falls, you know, win all the falls. He just needs to oh, win the last one. Right, exactly. So I was going to say, you know, let up, let all the other guys sort of beat up on each other and. And he sort of lay low until that last fall. So yeah. there, there's definitely ways to do it um, to cast him as the devious, uh, cheating babyface. Sort of, I hate to sort of compare these two, but Eddie Guerrero esque in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, sort of that same dynamic anyway, even though they're two completely different performers. Yeah. Um, but real but, uh, got, fa- before before we move on, we got to mention our sponsor, uh, Dollar Shave Club. I've been using them for months now, and. I used them today. Uh, you know, they ship amazing razors for just a few bucks. Uh, I've been a member for a while, and I, and I love my shave. And what you might not know, uh, I didn't until just a couple weeks ago, is that they now also have products for pretty much everything else uh, for your bathroom. They got body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm, everything. And so, you know, I've, I've already checked it out, and um, I'm a huge fan. I cannot recommend them enough. You know, Matt Morgan, he he uses them, uh, and uh yeah, I've, they got a. They turned me, and I've been kind of, you know, you, doing my same shaving routine forever. So, um, so yeah, if you're if you're like me, uh, you just like the razors to show up at home. You don't want to go to the store. Now's the time to try out Dollar Shave Club, and for a limited time, they're giving away their starter set to new members for only five dollars. The starter set features their executive razor and three trial size versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. Uh, the first box, so they come with their shave butter, body wash, and one white Charlie's butt wipes. <laughs> so, uh, you'll also receive their executive razor, uh, which includes their premium weighty handle and a full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. This, do- this offer is available exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash inc. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash inc. And their high-quality products will have you covered from face cheeks now to, to butt cheeks. So definitely uh, definitely check it out. So what you're saying is they literally have everything now, right? They got everything covered. From head to, well, not quite toe. From cheeks but, to cheeks. Know, and there you go, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff there. Uh, look forward to, to giving that a try myself in the very near future. A little scruffy around the edges these days, so... Need to trim that up a little bit. So, yeah, 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's see here. Where did we get to? There we are. Sasha and Alexa backstage. And boy, was this fun. Um, Bliss doesn't really like the situation she's in right now. Um, but, you know, they, they have to team together tonight to keep it a one-on-one -on -one match. And they did work pretty well in, in the match itself. But when Sasha got up in Alexa's face, I was like, ooh, well, this is fun. I actually missed the segment, so um, so but it was pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Um, the realism that you hear about, you know, within their heat um, in real life really came through on the screen. Now, whether it was scripted or not, I mean, Sasha stepped all the way up and was nose to nose with Alexa. Um, well, my, it, so my problem here with, with this, and I didn't see this promo, but um, <clears throat> Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss have been friends for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. And she turned on her last week. And unless I, I missed something, she did Alexa even address it at all? No, not really. I mean, they kind of done it mid-match where uh, Nia was talking about, what about this bestie and this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, right. they did it within the match, but they never really talked about the relationship itself uh, or explained why she did it. Yeah, so that was your big angle going off the air last week was, mm -hmm. you know, they, they split after all these months. And Alexa doesn't even bring it up. They don't even really follow on that storyline. And uh, so that just seemed to me like really lazy. And, uh, you know, uh, doing the stip and everything is fine, but I think they really should have had Alexa out there being pissed at, at Nia and, you know, cutting a promo on Nia about her turning her back on her. Um, yeah, as good as, as Alexa is on the mic, and we saw during the match how good she is with her facial expressions and, and actions within the ring. Um, there, there was a story definitely to be told there. I mean, at least a simple explanation would have been good to cover any plot holes. But like you said, they just sort of skipped that, went straight to the match. It's like, oh, we have to book ourselves into yeah, it's this. Just, it's just How are we going to get there? And, and then they forgot the details. Right. It's just back to another match. It's just back to another, just your average run of the run of the mill feud. And you're forgetting that you've been building this for months and, and you don't really follow up on it. So that, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Um, you would have thought maybe they would have turned it into a triple threat and then had sort of Alexa or, or Naya as that one that could fall one way or the other. Um, but they decided to go uh, fatal four-way as Naya and Emma got the win. And I did call it, ladies and gentlemen, I absolutely called it. I said, Sasha Banks is wearing Kurt Hawkins colored gear. She is getting pinned. And I was yeah. correct. So um, uh, the the writing was on the wall. So that's now 101 losses for Kurt Hawkins um, in a row, you know, theoretically. But um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. Up next, uh, Finn Balor out to the Omaha Balor Club. Um, Omaha, Nebraska, the great Midwest. And uh, does a little too sweet for the fans. Fans had a nice pop. But this was just more of the same um, Balor, you know, cut a decent little promo for him. Again, he's apparently a charisma vacuum, according to um, who was it? Was it yeah, Ziggler? Ziggler. Ziggler said that Zig Ziggler said on SmackDown. So for a charisma vacuum, I thought he did okay for himself, but uh, it's so counterintuitive to use lines like that on your talent, especially guys that you're pushing that are near the top of the card. Cause mm -hmm. you know, when Finn Balor's cutting this promo, that's all I could think about is charisma vacuum, charisma vacuum. Yeah. Cause it wasn't, you know, the most uh, entertaining promo in the world either. 
And so no. it just it just hurts their talent when putting putting stuff like that out there. And Bray Wyatt comes out or backstage and does his thing and basically talks that you know he dropped his family, he dropped all of his support systems and is now using his bare hands. He wants Balor to do the same by dropping the demon character. I mean, there were some good points in this promo, but again, it's just a lot of the same, a lot of words to get to one small minute point. Yeah. I mean, this has been happening for years for me. When Bray starts talking, it's just, you know, it just kind of trail off and you know, think about what I should make for dinner tomorrow night. You know, it just, <laughs> I just do not care once he starts talking and, uh, yeah, I mean, this feud it, it it gives them something to do, but I don't I don't really care about it either way. No, same here, and I like both guys um, a lot actually. And you would think <laughs> that I would be more vested in this feud, but I'm I'm really not. And I miss NXT Bray Wyatt. That when his first vignette started airing on the very brand new NXT when it first unveiled. Um, I thought were fantastic. He had a point to what he was saying. It wasn't just a lot of jibber jabber to get to a random feud um, point. I mean, it, it was actual teaching and following or, or whatever you want to call it. But I missed that guy. Bring me that guy back with the, with the derby hat and the Hawaiian shirt instead of whatever he's got going on now. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we, I've been saying this forever, but I think he could use a face turn and, and, and uh, mix his character up a bit. People cheer him anyway. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when you have a crowd, and of course this was a, a year or two ago, sing, singing along with you, you know, you got the whole world in your hands, then why not run with that? Use the crowd reaction. He's not going to be a full-fledged babyface because of how his character's portrayed, but I don't see why they don't give him uh, a face run. But I definitely agree there. Yeah. Which is odd for you. Normally, you want people to turn heel, so that's that's good. I like that. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few people I think should would benefit from a baby face turn, and uh, Bray is definitely at the top of the list. Very good. Next up, we did have the tag match that we mentioned just earlier: Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss versus Emma and Nia Jax. Yet another new entrance theme for Emma. Better or worse than last year, or did you even, or last week, excuse me, uh, or did you even notice? So it's different music? <laughs> yes, different music again. Yeah, I, I, I missed that. No. It, it, it had to have been better than last week. Uh, it was a little better. Step, okay. Definitely not as good as her, uh, her last theme, um, but I would say an improvement from the bubbly one that she had originally. Yeah. Uh, this, this one fit her character a little better. Uh, and this one is actually a CFO's production. I did see a tweet for the, from those guys. And I believe we had an interview with those guys earlier in the week, too, that you might want to check out. So, uh, But like we said earlier, Emma and Nia Jax gets the win here. It is now a fatal four-way at no mercy. So I should this do match, again. Yep, again. Yeah. But the match itself, I thought, really delivered. I thought it was a very fun tag match because – you know, you had a lot of blind, uh, blind tags going on. There was some stories within the story going on. And everybody in the ring, including Nia, I thought looked really good. Yeah. I wonder if her losing the title again this time was 
just a rib because she had complained about it. You know, we had that article today about mm. Sasha appearing on the uh, Sam Roberts podcast and, and, you know, talking about how she never gets to hold the title long. Like, uh, yeah. you know, and it's kind of had been heartbreaking for her. And uh, I wonder if they almost did that SummerSlam title change just because of those comments she made. Maybe. And I don't think in any of her four reigns, any of them have been over a month. I think two or three of them have been in the 20 something day range. And then this one was eight days. So yeah. seven or eight days. So every one of her runs have been short for one reason or another. The first couple were, you know, hot potato back and forth between she and Charlotte, you know, the last couple times with Alexa bliss, Alexa bliss. Golly, where did I, where did I read this stat? I think her reign was just as long or if not longer than Sasha's combined reigns. Yeah. Um, at like a hundred and some days. So interesting the way that they've, they bounced that title back and forth, but obviously they see something in Alexa and, and I think rightly so her in-ring work is coming around, coming around and has always been a good promo. So, um, so Elias backstage strumming away on the old guitar. Um, Ambrose and Rollins just sort of, you know, shove him off. And he did do a song before Raw went on the air, that being Elias, but is he drifting again? You know, he drifted backstage to play another song. He didn't get the live mic tonight. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did before Raw, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, they're, uh, yeah, I'm, liking Elias. Elias's, I'm liking Elias' stuff a lot more than I did in NXT, so. Something's and that's me too. That's me too. And it's one of those occasions where he had go away heat in NXT and it's catching on on the main roster. Whereas we've seen people be super over in NXT come back and be an absolute, you know, flatline on, on the main roster. Yeah. So it seems to be opposites attract type of thing uh, on whether you were over or not in NXT and then transitioning to the main roster. Um, but that led to the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins match versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, the good broskies, uh, the good brothers, not the broskies, wrong, wrong ski. Um, pretty good match here again, I thought. Uh, just good tag action really all night long, if, if you take into account the three tag matches that we had. Uh, all of them pretty standard WWE style, but Rollins and Ambrose get the win here. And I did like the little foreshadowing of Sheamus and Cesaro beefing with the club before the match. That kind of led to what happened after the match. But uh, what's your thoughts just on this match in general? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Again, it just it just felt like filler. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything, but it was it was entertaining. So, I mean, it, it, the match itself was good. But yeah, and, and what I did like after the match. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro did do a little bit of a inner, or excuse me, a distraction to assist Rollins with the win. The club didn't like that very much. They went after Sheamus and Cesaro, but the uh, former champs, well, I guess both teams are former champs, but Sheamus and Cesaro leave them laying. But I did like them giving Guns and Gallows a little bit of character in the sense that they were ticked that they lost. They were wanted to go to the pay window for the winner's side. So I'm going to go attack these guys. Um, I did like that little touch, even though at the end of the day, it didn't but, really mean a whole got, lot. They just got punked again after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so, I mean, I liked it in a sense, but in the end, it didn't matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if they would have left Sheamus and Cesaro laying, at least you got another tag team kind of in the mix. But like having them lose and then Sheamus and Cesaro taking them out mm-hmm. after that, they kind of just got you know beat on twice. So. Alrighty, next up we had the Connors Cure uh, with some of the um, surviving cancer patient kids doing their wrestling gimmicks, which was was pretty darn cool. I thought that's that's the moment it got a little dusty in my house. Um, I think my wife was chopping onions in the kitchen at you know ten fifty at night or something like that here on the East Coast. Yeah. But um, so that that was that was a pretty nice touch, pretty cool stuff there. And uh, back from break, Enzo Amore backstage celebrating with Grand Metalik or, you know, Queso Picante and Cedric Alexander. Then uh, finally, Neville, who hasn't really done a whole lot in the last few weeks, just holding the championship. He interrupts them and reveals the plans for the five-way elimination match tomorrow night on 205 Live, which will include the aforementioned Grand, Grand Metalik, Cedric Alexander, um, Enzo Amore, and also added, I believe, Brian Kendrick and Tony Nice. So three faces, two heels. Nice little dynamic mixture there, even though Kendrick hasn't really done a whole lot lately. He's been sort of paired up with Jack Gallagher on 205 Live. So, uh, yeah. But you needed, a, you needed another heel, so I guess he's the logical choice there. Yeah, I mean, none of the – yeah, most of the 205 roster is not really doing much, you know, outside of – Outside of Neville and Enzo. Yep. Uh, But like we said, they've got to find a way to book Enzo to win a Fatal Five-Way. And I hope it's not making him wrestle. Because I love that they're going with that, that he knows he can't beat them by out-wrestling. He has to cheat. And and I actually like that. Yeah, I'd almost prefer if they did like a three-way at the next pay-per-view with Neville, Enzo, and then uh, throw Cedric Alexander in there, you know. I don't want Cedric Alexander anywhere near Enzo Amore in the ring. That's just me. I, w- I would love to see a heel Neville versus a face Alexander just just one time. Throw yeah, me a ball. But, but you can just th- th- keep Enzo outside the ring and, and yeah. have them do most of the match. I just, uh, I mean, that's going to be a tough match for Neville uh, working mm-hmm. with Enzo to have, unless it's like pretty much a squash. Uh, yeah. Like if they go more than a couple minutes, it's it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, so tune in to 205 Live tomorrow night for that. The uh, three of our fans who actually watch that show, and I try to weekly, and um, I stay up a little later here on the East Coast to uh, tweet along with you guys for that one. So come hang out with us after SmackDown. Um, but we move swiftly into tonight's main event. Renee Young is backstage with Big Show, who still is a spitting image of King Kong Bundy at this point after using his Dollar Shave Club. Um, <laughs> but I thought he had a nice fiery promo and is he going out with a blaze of glory? Does this, did this promo almost feel like a, a farewell and this match feel almost like a farewell to you? Oh, a big show. Yeah. And, and, and just maybe a, this is one of my last bigger type of main events. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole putting out the pasture thing. Big Show has said he's going to be retired by the time the next WrestleMania comes around. Yeah, so, his contract runs out in February, is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely winding down. Um, I'm, sh- I'm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see like with Mark Henry, he just kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could be what they're doing with, 
with him here. But, man, he's had two of his best patches in a long time this year with Braun. And, uh, I mean, this match was great. I thought mm -hmm. Big Show looked good, you know, for a big guy match. They did a yeah. lot. Um, I thought I thought Show took a little bit more uh, of this match than I probably would have liked, considering, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're, you're having Braun face Lesnar. But that being said, this match was great. And, um, you know, this is the second time in a row they've worked together on Raw and, and had a great match. And then that last spot, you know, you figured they weren't going to do the ring breaking again. And plus, they didn't, no. they didn't have it all gimmicked uh, like they did last time. Uh, right. Break the ring. But, um, yeah, that spot where he body slammed him out of the cage was different. It was new. It was, I thought it was just awesome. So. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like it was a le legit break. I mean, I'm sure a referee popped over there and unloosened um, a lock or something of that semblance, but it was really cool because you thought the big spot was going to come during the match, and when it was a pretty straightforward match, you know, minus the the top rope elbow elbow drop from Big Show, um, and, and I'm sorry, Twitter followers, I I trolled you so hard tonight, and and I apologize for that slightly. Because I did Big Show's elbow is better than Kyrie Sane's elbow, and people just lit me up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. guys, hyper hyperbole. Go Google it; it's okay. Um, <laughs> and then you know, I said, I said this match is better than Omega Okada, and that sent people just off the off the top rope again. So um, it's easy. To get uh, but anyways, <clears throat> oh yeah, it, it's fun from time to time. But uh, thanks for hanging out with me on that. But w one cool little aspect not necessarily in the match is Charlie Caruso uh, interviewed referee John Cone before the match, sort of recounting his experience with the last match because he took a heck of a bump uh, on the ring collapse and he cut a better promo than half the roster, Raj. Yeah. He's, he's, he's sounding like he's done it before. So yeah, good for him. But uh, yeah, the match itself, it felt very old school in a sense that you would have found this somewhere in the, the 80s or early 90s. And what Vince has, you know, become known for and his big spectacle main events. And, you know, he had a big smile on his face because the crowd was absolutely eating this up. Not only because it was two bigger guys, but they were having a quality match and telling a quality story. I mean, you can see this formula still works when it's done the correct way, even though this match didn't necessarily have any build behind it per se. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was what it should have been. It made Braun look like a monster and, and, uh, and it got you more excited to see him and Lesnar, even though Lesnar wasn't even on the show. And that's how, I think that's an effective way to build a match is you build the guys that are, that are, you know, that are in it. I mean, it sounds like sure. a common sense, but, yeah. Um, they don't, you know, you don't do that a lot. And so, yeah, that was great. And, you know, they were able to piggyback off the two matches that they've had before one with the ring break and they sold you on something was going to happen. And after the match, it absolutely did as the power slam Strowman delivered sent big show figuratively out to pasture, but through the cage wall onto the floor um, show sold it and lay motionless, you know, as, as we went off the air, but a fantastic main event, I thought. And another little production type of note, they did like, like 20 minutes of segments between the last match and this match, I guess while they were 
quote unquote setting up the ring. But I'm like, isn't that an easy way to kill a crowd by not doing anything live in the ring for that long? Yeah, um, it, it didn't seem like it did though. I mean, no, I mean they to... they were they were doing well in in the match itself, but it went from like 10:35 to 10:55 that there was no entering action. It was all backstage segments or vignettes or something like that, which. If you could keep a crowd for that long and, and they still be that hyped for the main event, and, and really that's more to the performers than, than the production, um, then, then that's a good thing. But this crowd was this crowd was hot tonight. Yeah, I mean, for, uh, for spots, were, for sure. Yeah. I mean for, for the opening, you know, for uh, for this match, I thought they were better than a lot of the recent rock crowds. So Yeah, especially it's last week. Poor, poor Arkansas, man. Anyways, Omaha, Nebraska, not exactly what you would think is a hot wrestling town, but uh, good crowd, good crowd, and uh, they, they stayed pretty toasty all night long. Uh, but overall, thoughts on Raw, 1 to 10, 1 being worse, 10 being best. What would you give it for tonight, Raw, uh, Raj? Uh, I, I give it like a 7. I thought uh, the, the main event really made it. I, I like the scene yeah. rain stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, other than that, it was mostly run-of-the-mill stuff, but I thought those two really made it. Yeah, and even the run-of-the-mill stuff was at least pretty high quality in the ring. Um, right. So, you know, so there wasn't a whole lot of sleepy stuff going on. So, yeah, I think 7, 7.5 is is being pretty generous, but not too far off either. So pretty good show overall tonight. And and it showed on our, our poll time at the end of the show. Everybody, like 90%, gave it thumbs up tonight on, on Twitter. So um, pretty good show, pretty good show. So a couple more news items, um, and guys, you can send some questions um, on the chat as well. Bigger stories of the week is JBL is leaving SmackDown commentary, and it was announced today that Corey Graves will be replacing him, relinquishing his duties on 205 Live, but um, keeping his gig on Raw, obviously, as we saw tonight. Yeah, that's interesting. Um I mean, they got Lawler. I mean, I'm, you know, why not have, uh, you know, again, if you want this brand extension to be two completely different rosters, mm-hmm. it just makes sense to have two completely different, you know, announced teams and everything. And once you start, you know, mixing and matching, it's, I mean, I, th- I think we're already starting to see, like, uh, see the exact same thing happen now as it did with the first mm-hmm. time they did it. With the, they make SmackDown the B-Show, then they start... Uh, you know, merging the talent. Remember, after a while, you just have SmackDown guys start appearing on Raw and vice versa for no rhyme or reason. And uh, I, I see yeah. that happening soon. But JBL, that was interesting. You know, they dropped it on a Friday, which is uh, mm-hmm. when you want to drop these stories that, you know, you kind of want to go away real quick. Um, Sports Illustrated, they're saying that it was JBL's call. He's wanted to for a while. Um, that kind of surprises me. But, um, yeah, that came, I believe, it. from former Wrestling Inc. podcast guest Justin Barrasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on a couple weeks ago. But so yeah, I think uh, I think it's an improvement. I, I think JBL just. I, I, it's funny. I used to like JBL on commentary way back in the day, yeah. and then uh, I just I found him hard to listen to for uh, for a while now. So I think it's a it's an improvement for sure. Um, you know, again, I think SmackDown's. Uh, when they had Morrow and Jerry Lawler at the beginning of last year, I thought they had the best announced team uh, in the business at that point. So, yeah. Um, 
I mean, I kind of like the reunion of Tom Phillips and Corey Graves because I thought they did some fantastic work on NXT as a pair. Um, and Byron Saxton, I thought, had his best years as a commentator on NXT. So I kind of like that sort of reunion in a sense. I, I want to give that a shot. But a lot of people thought this would be Renee Young's shot at, at moving to the commentary table. And, and this is no shot at her. And she even admitted on Twitter, I think earlier today, that she wasn't very good when she was on NXT. Um, and she's so good at her current role, I would have hated to see her move to a more, I guess, vulnerable position maybe is the right word, to where if there is any weakness in her game, that would have been where it would have been seen. Yeah. Um, and, of course, they, they actually moved Nigel McGinnis up to 205 Live with Vic Joseph, um, as well as moved him to main event as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I, th I believe that's right. So we might be seeing some new blood on NXT soon if they're moving Nigel up to the main roster a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nigel's been great. So I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be, yeah, so that's a good move for him. Um, any other big news items that uh, we need to cover? Uh, not really. It's, you know, it's been a, a long weekend, so not, not that much has been going on. Um, Darren Young returned to action. Uh, so okay. he's back from injury. So, I'm, so I guess he'll be back in the fold soon. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Really not, not much else. And, uh, it looks like John Cena was not the reason for Baron Corbin having heat. Um, oh. that it had something to do with, um, him challenging WWE medical director, Dr. Maroon, uh, during a creative meeting in early August about, uh, uh, about the concussion stuff. And, um, we'll have more on it on the site, but PW insider reported that today that it was due to Corbin, you know, basically calling Dr. Maroon out mm -hmm. and it's something that they take really seriously with the concussions and stuff. So that got him, oh, absolutely. That, got, that got him heat. So, uh, that's where that's at. Mm -hmm. Very so good. That that doesn't seem like something that is a career killer or anything. So, yeah. but he, he remember I remember MVP got heat for uh, for talking smack during a drug test, and mm. he, he never really got his push back. It was kind of all downhill yeah. after that. So, um, you know, hopefully Corbin could you know wait this one out and, and get back on track. And and like I said, to me. U.S. title program, even though he's not exactly shown very strong yet, and you're paired with AJ Styles, that can't be, but so big of a demotion unless they keep going with, you know, making him look like a buffoon the whole time. So uh, we'll, well, we'll see is, how that shows. It's a demotion to go from having the Money in the Bank suitcase and feuding with Cena, well, right, right. <laughs> you know. But uh, but yeah, it's it's not. not, it, not it, he's not as, as it could have been. He's not losing to Kalisto or anything right now. So yet, yet, yet. Um, but um, have you got a chance to at least catch the first round of the, the May Young Classic here, Raj? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, man. You, we, we have to set you aside a binge day or something to watch that. But, uh, it's only I've so many hours in the day. The, that's true. That's true. I've not gotten to the second round yet. Um, unfortunately, I won't be on the Wednesday podcast to update you on that, but uh, I'll be back soon and maybe provide a little insight on that because I like the presentation. I think it's uh, – Good for women's wrestling, good for the WWE uh, to sort of, again, not saying that that's philanthropy, philanthropy I'll, I'll say it in a minute, but um, 
it, it, it's a good step in the right direction for they could do a lot of stuff with that but um, yeah, we'll see where they go. I mean, the UK stuff hasn't really gone anywhere yet. I yeah. think they still got plans for it, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it's adding a lot of content that I don't know if there's necessarily a lot of demand for. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, you see, you see with the Cruiserweight Classic and how that was followed up. Um, so yeah. we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm gonna definitely be checking out uh, the the main event of the the tournament. But I don't know if I'm gonna be seeing all the matches. Gotcha. All righty. Before we head off, where can people uh, find you on Twitter and uh, that kind of thing? Yeah, RogerGary303, but a uh, little scheduling note. Glenn is out this week, but he was back starting next week. Um, Matt Morgan will be back next week. Um, and then Chuck Carroll, uh, CBS Sports, will be joining me this Wednesday for the, the podcast. So cool. I think uh, we've had him before. Is that is that right? I think. Yeah, uh, yeah he's been on yeah. before. Yep. So yeah, yeah, it'll be back to normal next week, but still kind of a little bit off this week. So uh, yeah, he's yeah. a good guest. Or Wednesday will be fun. So um, be sure to tune into that 12 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, you can find me at Knockdown underscore Radio, and as always, hang out with me on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter. Uh, but for Raj Geary, I am Chris Calicut. We will see you next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. <laughs>